Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number eight of Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, wherever you're listening. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now, on today's show, we are joined by a young New Zealand athlete who was turning heads at last year's Senior and Junior World Champs, and that is Miss Erica Fairweather. Caught up with the age group superstar a few weeks ago via Zoom and discussed what she's been up to during the COVID break, how she got started in swimming, her coach, her career so far, as well as last year's phenomenal performance at the Junior World Champs in Budapest when she set the pool on fire in her 200 and 400 freestyle. So get yourself ready because you're about to hear from a New Zealand superstar in the making as Ep 8 with Erica Fairweather starts... Now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100 in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Hoogen's hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great Madam Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he's surely can't do it to him again. Chavez in the white hats. Vets in the black hats. And Vets has got it. I cannot believe he's done that. Caught him for Caught him for the hole. goes in. Australia win. Joining me today on the show from across the ditch in New Zealand is a swimmer who has broken 24 age group records since she started racing not that long ago. She's competed at the Senior World Champs for the first time last year in Guangzhou and turned a lot of heads with her brilliant 157.96 in the 200 and a 408 in the 400 from the Junior World Champs last year in Budapest. It's a massive welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast to New Zealand's fastest rising star, Erica Fairweather. Mate, how are you going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I am very, very good, mate. Now, where have we caught you today? Whereabouts are you over there in New Zealand? Um, I'm in Dunedin, so the bottom of the South Island, pretty much. Yeah. Gets pretty fresh over there. Yeah, it's not the warmest. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you get up to in terms of, um, you know, when everything went into lockdown and you couldn't get to the pool? I know um, Brad Ashby was saying you went to a lake and then I was like, where are you going to a lake for? Surely that's freezing jumping in a lake down there. Yeah, um, can't say I went to a lake or in the ocean <laughs> or anything. It's a bit, bit cold down here. <laughs> Exactly. Now, mate, after an awesome meet for you last year at World Champs, both junior and senior, you must have been buzzing for Tokyo this year, no doubt. How, how did the Olympics being pushed back affect you mentally? Um, yeah, I was really um, gunning for qualifications. Um, I guess I was at the peak of my swimming career. Like I was swimming as fast as I ever have. Um, being pushed back wasn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's given me an extra year and I've definitely got age on my side. I mean, I'm still young. I've got plenty of time. So probably did some good, actually. Hey, we talked about then, obviously, you haven't been in the lakes, but what did you get up to during, you know, that COVID-19 lockdown? What, you know, did you have an at-home gym? What, what did you get up to? How did you stay active? Um, yeah, we did have a little bit of a setup here at home um lots of like facetiming with the gym coach doing that kind of thing um i also had a spin bike so i did a bit of that just trying to stay fit i guess 
you uh, very smart girl. I was talking to Bronte Campbell the other day and I said, oh, how did you go with, you know, the running? And I know a lot of swimmers don't like running, but all of a sudden stop swimming, you had to run. And she said, yeah, people thought you had to run, but I just got the bike out and I just cycled instead. Yeah, running. I think I tried running for like two weeks and then I decided it was a no-go. So yeah, I <laughs> definitely don't, hopped on the bike. I don't blame you. Now, back in the pool now, obviously, was it easier or harder than you thought it was going to be when you first got back? Oh, it was definitely harder. Like you had no feel for the water whatsoever. It was so strange. How long did that take to come back? How long, I mean, how long have you been back in now and how long till you started to feel like, okay, well, we're getting somewhere now? Um, I think we've been back now for two months, um, but getting that initial feel back, it probably took about two weeks to, yeah. you know, feel right in the water again. Now, mate, something I like to do on this show is take all our guests back to the beginning, which, you know, given how young you are, isn't that long ago, but it also gives us a better appreciation of, you know, where you're at at the moment. So what are your earliest memories of swimming uh, as a youngster and what drew you towards the pool? Um, I guess I've kind of been doing like, I guess, swimming lessons since I was really young. Um, and I kind of just got pulled into the competitive side. Um, my parents have also also been like big about the water. Like my mum's a scuba diving instructor and, um, my dad's all about water sports, like on the lake and that kind of thing. So that's definitely had a big part. And I mean, water safety in New Zealand, we're a country surrounded by water. Well, all countries are, but like water's near wherever you go. So it's really important to have those skills. Did you play any other sports growing up? I mean, when I say growing up and you're still growing up, but have you gotten involved in any other sports? Um, yeah, I played a lot of different sports. Like up until high school, I kind of played a bit of everything like netball, hockey, football, that kind of thing. Um, but I guess high school was when I started focusing on swimming a bit more. For a lot of people, uh, there's a moment, it could be in training, it could be at a meet, but there's a moment that as a youngster, you sort of go, okay, you know, this is what I want to do. And you sort of touched on it there with, you know, as you came into high school, was there a moment for you that you really went, okay, swimming is really what I want to pursue here? Um, I guess so. I mean, when I was 12, I broke my first New Zealand record and I think that was kind of the moment like it was a bit surprising I didn't really expect it and I was like oh I can actually do this (laughs) mate when you uh, are in training and it's a super hard session what do you think about to keep you motivated and and keep you working hard and it's interesting I asked that question because I was just talking to Grant Hackett who's probably one of the toughest trainers in the history of swimming you know what what do you think about in terms of you know, keeping yourself motivated is a matter of, you know, one foot in front of the other into like one set, one effort in front of the other. Is it you're keeping one eye on your goals always? So you've got that time in, in your mind that you, you're chasing or is it easy as, you know, there's someone a little bit in front of you that's a bit faster and you're just super competitive and you want to chase them? Um, honestly, I think it's a combination of all of those things. Yeah. Um, I am quite a competitive person. So if there are people around me, like, I guess, threatening me, I will definitely rise up and race them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always, um, think about my goals. Like I know where I want to end up and yeah, just thinking about them helps. So uh, goals at the moment, w- what are they? Obviously we've just come back and, and all the talk around swimming is, 
to be uh, realistic and to take your time and not to get stuck straight in straight away and have these crazy goals because you've got a long lead up to, you know, to next year and trying to get to the Olympics. So what, what are your goals at the moment? Um, at the moment, it's kind of starting to get back into racing and like, I'm not hit some good, well, hit some good times. Um, but like structure my race as well and execute race plans well. I guess mm. that's a big goal for me at the moment um, going forward. In terms of executing your race plans, and you know, I mentioned those phenomenal times. So obviously, you, there's no doubt you, you're able and you're capable of doing that. But when you don't execute them as well, where do you fall short? Is it in the middle part of your, your 200 and 400? Is, do you go out too hard? Um, it's, it's usually, a, oh, it kind of depends. Like sometimes I don't go out fast enough. Sometimes it's the middle. It just really depends on... I don't know what I've done wrong, I guess. <laughs> Mate, 2018, um, you're 15 years of age there and you make a junior New Zealand team for Youth Olympics and Junior Pampax. Firstly, what were those experiences like for you know, a teenager? This is your first sort of big trips. I'm hoping I got my research right and this was your first big trips. Yeah, how did you handle you know, the team and, and that major competition environment? Um, the, the team was really awesome like they were all like we've got a really family kind of atmosphere in New Zealand so um I was definitely well looked after by everyone and being like the youngest in the team I think everyone everybody kind of made sure to look after me um but it was really cool to represent my country and yeah go to those things and do well I guess Mate, secondly, uh, we'll get to the, the big, you know, meets in, the, in a moment with 2019, but how much did those experiences in 2018 help you get ready for 2019? Yeah, what lessons did you learn from Junior Pampak, say? Um, I, I, I guess I learned a lot of lessons. I mean, just stepping up and moving into that international um, atmosphere was one thing, but um, like learning when things don't go quite as a plan that it's okay like there's more races it's not the end of the world um yeah that was a big thing and what didn't go to plan if we can get specific what 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 went wrong over there what didn't quite get right um I don't know I guess I kind of um got stuck in like oh what's the word like the event like it was really big and I think it kind of scared me a little um but I've definitely learned that it's just like, it's another race. Like I race at home. I race over there. I mean, it's still a 50 meter pool. <laughs> Doesn't That's change. Right. Still a pool, still got water in it. Still got to dive off of blocks to get in. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, thinking about your weekly sessions, uh, do you have any favorite sessions of the week? Um, I definitely enjoy our speed sessions. Um, we do them on a Monday night, but we also have heart rate sessions on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And I really enjoy those as well because they're quite challenging. What about in the gym? What's your favorite thing to do in the gym when you get in there? Anything but burpees. (laughs) Anything. (laughs) Sounds so much like my swimmers at the moment when we're doing Zoom training from home and they're like, can we just not do burpee style? We'll do anything else, but just don't put burpees. I really dislike burpees. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, mate, whilst you are a superstar in the making, there's no doubt you are still quite young. Uh, and with the success that you're having at a young age, it also comes with some expectations. And, and that might be expectations you put on yourself, might be stuff that the public are, are putting on you. How have you found that in terms of, you know, how have you dealt with it and being able to try and shut all of that out and just get on with the job and race? Um, yeah, like you said, I've kind of, I've tried to shut out um, external pressures, I guess. I mean, it's my career, I guess, and I just want to focus on that for myself. It's, it can't be easy though, because as I said, you know, 157 is a, is a very quick time and definitely, you know, you were on the radar, not just in New Zealand, but you know, all around, all around the world, coaches and swimmers were going, gee, 157, how old is she? Oh, that's, that, that's quick. So the expectations are, are, are going to be there. Is that something you talk to your coach or, or maybe even New Zealand swimming around, um, you know, trying to deal with those moving forward? Um, yeah, they're definitely there. Um, but yeah, usually like if it's someone trying to contact us about it, it won't go directly to me. It'll go to someone else. It's just, it's not something I need to hear um, yeah. unless it is important or it's helpful. Yeah. All right, I'll stop bringing it up then. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> well, let's move on to something equally as important. Um, do you have a meal that you like to have the night before a big meet? Is there a favorite food that you have? Oh, um, I really enjoy something like pesto pasta mm -hmm. or spag bowl, just the classics. Spag bowl, how good. And do you make this yourself or is it, uh, is it um, made for you? Usually it's made for me by my wonderful mother. <laughs> um, let's talk about other things before the race. Have you got a pre-race playlist? Have you got some tunes that you put the headphones in and you just go into a zone? Um, I definitely listen to music before I race. Um, I don't know if I really have a certain playlist. It's kind of just all my liked songs, just mm -hmm. randomly playing and whatever plays, plays. <laughs> What What is more than likely to be in there, though? Is it just pump-up songs? Is it a genre of music? Definitely pump-up songs. Just anything that's catchy and I can get stuck in my head for the rest of the race, it works for me. <laughs> now, mate, talk to me about your coach, uh, Lars. What's it like as a coach and, and has he helped, you know, take your career to that next level? Because certainly in the last two or three years that he's been working with you, that's, you know, you've seen some great growth there. Yeah, um, he's definitely a great coach. I mean, like you said, we haven't been together for that long. Um, but he's definitely had a massive impact on my swimming career. I mean, for the positive, obviously. It's gotten way better. Um, yeah, I think it was really important at the start to, like, establish a good, like, relationship, like, and just work well together. Um, like, yeah, just knowing each other well and trying to, knowing each other's weaknesses and strengths and playing to those. What wouldn't we know about him? Is it what do you guys get to see on pool deck that that no one else will see? Any quirks? Any dad jokes? Oh, he is a massive Liverpool fan, oh. like massive. <laughs> Very nice. So you get to hear all the all the updates and yeah, every day. What about for yourself outside of swimming? What what do you follow? Do you follow uh, netball, rugby? Um, I follow rugby. I guess it's kind of a big sport in New Zealand. It's just a I little like. bit, isn't it? Just just a little team called the, the All Blacks. 
Yeah, no biggie. <laughs> <laughs> was that ever an option for you? Obviously, um, you know, women's sports is, is going really well at the moment and it's really taken off in terms of even um, money and sponsorship and all that sort of stuff. And I know the women's sides are, are really um, growing. Was that ever an option for you to look at getting into that? Um, not really. I mean, I think I was a bit um, too much of a wimp to play rugby, so <laughs> it didn't really work. <laughs> didn't want to hurt yourself. No, that's it. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show a massive year that you had last year. And, and I'll start with the world champs in South Korea. And a huge stage for any athlete, uh, even given your own age. What was that experience like? Um, and we mentioned 2018 and all those lessons that you, you learned there. Surely this was another one where you, you got some um, lessons to take home. Yeah, definitely. I mean... My racing at the start of the meet didn't really go to plan. Like, my 400 wasn't as good as I'd hoped it'd be. Um, but I definitely tried to carry that on into my next races. And I ended up having a pretty good race in the um, 4x2 relay. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty stoked with that. Any superstars around in the warm-up pool that, you know, you sort of got a little bit starstruck by? Was there anything that you weren't paying attention? Maybe you're warming up and all of a sudden... You know, Ledecky was there and he's like, she's just, Ledecky's right next to yeah. me. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, no, she was, um, she was definitely around a lot. She was actually in one of my races, which was like pretty like scary, I guess. Um, she's quite intimidating, but that's okay. <laughs> Mate, we mentioned her and I'll, I'll get into that question now. How, how much of an inspiration has Katie Ledecky been to you? I mean, she's achieved so much and, um, you know, not just for females, but in sports in general, um, she's a superstar and and someone that I think everyone should be looking up to. What about for yourself? Yeah, she's amazing. Like she dominates the pool. Like you won't see anyone else have such a big lead in a race. It's crazy. Absolutely. Um, Mate, as I mentioned there, you know, what what lessons did you learn at the world champs uh, in Guangzhou? Did you... Did everything go to plan in terms of your warm-up, your recovery, your race plans? Um, not everything went to plan. And I think one of the things I learned that it's okay if it doesn't go to plan. I mean, there were differently, uh, definitely different circumstances that um, led to things not being right or, I don't know, something got stuffed up in the warm-up. But we got there in the end and, yeah, it worked out well. I think that's the hardest thing, isn't it? I talk to a lot of people on this podcast and – the one thing that they always say is, you know, you come in with your own little routine, but then it can just get thrown out the window at a, a drop of a hat because, you know, it, the world doesn't revolve around you. There's so many other moving parts. So you've, you've got to be able to, to, to go with the flow. Yeah, be adaptable. Exactly. Um, not long after, um, you know, Budapest is the world champs, the junior world champs. Um, and this meet is, is where you, you really turn some heads, as I said before, and you win the 200, you go 157.9, massive PB in the 400 as well. You're 408. And I think at the world chance in South Korea, you went 412. So drop like four seconds off there. What did you do um, in between senior world champs and here for, to see those improvements? Cause you know, they're, they're quite impressive. Um, I came back to New Zealand for two weeks and then jetted off again um, over to Europe. But um, I think what I learned from uh, Senior Worlds was definitely um, applicable at Junior Worlds and making sure I don't let the atmosphere kind of get to me. 
Um, I think that's where I went right. Um, definitely in the 400, I mean. Like you said, there was a four-second drop, and I just didn't get in my head, and it all went well. Massive drop, massive drop. The 200, 157, how did that race feel, and what do you think went right in there? What did you – obviously, everything went right, but what were you most happy with? We talked about before where things don't quite go right, maybe you go out too easy. What did you get in that race that we like, yes, I managed to get that right? Um, I went out fast on my first 50. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you ever watch my swims, I like, I always struggle to get out fast enough like I'm fine in the middle and like at the back end, it's just the start. And I nailed that on the first time. So I was really happy. Yeah. And then in the 400, what, what was we well, yeah, a four second drop? Was it the same? Did you just get out a little bit more positively? Um, yeah, I think I, I definitely went out the first 200, like better than I did um, at Worlds. And that really helped. Mate, one thing that excites me about watching your progression is that knowing that, you know, you're not even, I don't think, halfway near where you're going to get to, which is crazy and, and exciting for, for New Zealand swimming. And I hope people do get behind you after listening to this podcast. But in terms of swimming in New Zealand, um, you know, how excited are you to be a part of that next wave? And for the podcast, you know, we're going to have Zach Reed on tomorrow. I've spoken to Lewis Clairbert, obviously, Brad Ashby. You've had... Dan Hunter, I mean, I can keep going with names, but it's, it's a really good group of swimmers at the moment um, that are, are putting New Zealand swimming back on the map. And I, I don't want to upset people when I say back on the map as if it left and anyone that was there before isn't a part of that. So apologies if, if you get offended, but you get my point. Like you guys are a crop of swimmers that are really starting to push New Zealand swimming back into uh, the mainstream. How important is that to you? Um, yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, swimming is not a massive sport in New Zealand. Like, I mean, we have great teams like the All Blacks and the Tall Ferns and the Cricketers and all that. Um, but yeah, getting swimming back out there is really important. Um, I guess just trying to get more people into it as well. Um, I mean, if it's a bigger sport, more people come. Hey, world champs um, in Guangzhou obviously there's a few senior members there. Did anybody take you under their wing? Did anyone look after you, give you some advice? Oh, all of them looked after me. Um, I was actually in a coaching group with Matt Stanley and Dan Hunter. So the two oldest, the little youngest, yeah. um, and they were really awesome the entire time. I mean, they helped me out so much. They are good boys. Now, Matt didn't try and get you onto the Cuzzy Pies, did he? Because he's, he's going to send me down a few Cuzzy Pies. And I'm actually very excited for them. So did he get you onto those? I didn't have any, but I'd love to try one. <laughs> yeah, I'll hook you up. I'll talk to him. I'll, I'll get him to send some over. I think they're actually going to start um, uh, making them over in New Zealand and distributing them over there as well. I hope I didn't oh, give that secret go. away, but he did mention that the other day. So uh, get excited because I, I certainly, nothing better than a good pie, that's for sure. Exactly. What do you get up to away from the pool, mate? Obviously, school is important. You said there you're in year 12. You've got one more year to go. So that, that's, that's still important. Um, what do you get up to away from, from the pool? Um, I guess a range of different things. Like um, I have a bit to do with the surf club down here. Um, surf life saving club so i volunteer over the summer um yeah just hanging out with mates really it's other things i do well we mentioned school there and and you're still young and a lot of the listeners um that that follow the podcast um are teenagers and they're going to high school as well how do you find that balance between 
trying to do really well at school, but also, you know, you're at a very elite level of swimming now. So you've still got to pull your socks up there as well. How hard do you find that balance? Um, it was definitely hard to start with. Um, I've had a lot of help from like teachers at school and obviously my coaches, um, just trying to establish a good balance, um, in and out of the pool and in and out of school, I guess. Um, but lots of the things I try and do during school, like I try to do all my homework like in school so I don't have to take it out. Man, I love that theory. That's what I used to do as well. I mean, I never swam at the level of you, but if I was at school and I knew homework was due at the end of that class, I'd be finishing it there just in that class. Obviously I missed what she was talking about during that lesson, but to me, I was like, well, now I get to go home and I don't have to do homework. So I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> Smart cookie. Um, in, in terms of that balance, though, what, what do you do to, to help find that? Do you have a schedule? Do you have something mapped out so you know your week and, and where you need to be at, at each time? Um, yeah, I definitely have a, a routine that I go through um, weekly. It doesn't really change very much. Um, I always swim the same sessions and gym the same time. So that's always a constant, which really helps. In terms of training, what are some of the things you, I don't want to say struggle with, but, you know, aren't probably as, as good at? Is it a kick session? Is it a pool session? Is it the skills? Where do you think at the moment you, you need to probably, you know, improve a little bit more? Um, I guess there's um, lots of skills that I could improve on. Um, I think my turns is a really big area that I could make gains in. Um, that as well as my starts and dives off the block and that. Absolutely. Now, mate, I like to um, finish up these chats with some less serious questions and a little bit more rapid fire just to get to know you for all the listeners out there and all those New Zealanders that are going to get behind you guys at the moment. And they're going to get a little bit more of an insight into what Erica's like away from the pool. So I'm just going to throw these at you and then you just give me an answer straight back. Whatever comes to your head. Right. Sounds good. Ready to rumble. All right. So what's your favorite music? I know, and I'm going to start this by saying, I already know you're going to say, I like everything, but what do you, <laughs> some, if you had to, like, if there was a concert to go to, who would you be like, oh, I really want to go to that? I don't know if I can name just one. <laughs> I guess, oh, 660. I love 660. Oh, there you go. What about movie? What about movie? Have you got any, fa and you can say more than one. Have you got any favorite movies? Um, I definitely enjoy the Marvel movies, so like the Avengers and all that kind of thing. Were you sad when it ended? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a DC guy, so it wasn't as bad for me. I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about your biggest fear? Um, and it doesn't have to be anything super dramatic. It would just be spiders or it could be, could be heights. Um, I really don't like swimming in the ocean and not being able to see what's under me. Yeah. I do not like it at all. Have you had to do much of that? Have you had to do any open water racing? Um, when I did surf lifesaving, I did a bit of that. Um, definitely wasn't that fun, but I'd find places where I could see the bottom and it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> did you find yourself always trying to swim in the pack and be in the middle just so if anything did come along, you knew it was going to get the people on the outside before it got you? Yeah, I'd definitely swim with like someone up until like the end. And then I'd try when we were going back to shore, try edge in front. It's so strange how our mind works. Like it doesn't make sense. If something's going to get me, it's going to come up from underneath. But in my mind, if I had people around me, it was going to come directly at them. But it does anyway. 
It's yeah. like that stupid. Have you ever been in a pool? I'll, I'll say this now. Have you ever been in a pool by yourself and been scared that something was going to get you? Yeah, like a, like a shark just going to come out of the mirror and just kind of attack you. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. But yeah, when I was younger, um, especially when we'd go on holidays and I'd have to try and keep training. So, you know, um, wherever we were, um, usually didn't have many people in there. So there are often times, especially the times when I go, there'd be nobody in the pool. So I'd get in, I'd start training. And then in my mind, I could just think, oh, what if there's a gate somewhere that opened and then a shark came in? <laughs> look back now I yeah. think was I mentally okay because that's not really right to think that no it's a bit odd but yeah I guess <laughs> everyone has it <laughs> as long as everyone has it I feel okay then that's fine um <laughs> what about we know we know your favorite meal before a race is is a spag bowl but outside of that what what are some of your favorite uh, meals to have um pizza mm, or burgers what do you have what pizza do you have Oh, just a combination of everything, like leftover pizzas, you know, like chuck anything on it. That's I'm down. <laughs> uh, meat lovers. You can't go past a good meat lovers pizza for me. No, That's the can't. best. What yeah, about, pretty- um, you, you're only young, but you have visited a few countries now. Do you have any favorite countries that you went to? Oh, um, I really liked Hungary. Um, I thought it was a really pretty country and there were lots of um, cool architecture and stuff like that. Do you get a chance to get out? I know everything's hustle and bustle in terms of you get there and you've got to make sure you got your preparation right and then you get your, you know, your events, but do you get time after it to have a, at least a day to get out and explore? Yeah, we had a day after Junior World Champs and we went walking around the city and it was really cool. Would you go back? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, how good is Europe? I do love getting around Europe. Now, what about TV shows to binge watch? What have you been getting up to either on Netflix or whatever it might be? Um, Modern Family is a big one. I love watching that. Um, yeah, just any comedy, really. Modern Family, I think, is a good one, though, because it doesn't matter what season it's at or even if you come in halfway through the bloody episode – you'll still get a laugh, like still something funny is going to happen. You're like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And you can like swap from episode to episode and it doesn't really follow a single storyline. So it all makes sense. Exactly. What about, uh, I know a lot of the boys are gamers. Do you, do you play any games? Do you get online and play any games? I don't know. It's not disappointing me because I'm not a gamer either. I only ask the question because I know a lot of the listeners are gamers. So I try and appease the people. But for me, I, you know, said many no, times i've got an xbox and i'd use it for dvds so i don't even play games <laughs> <laughs> what about board games though do you play board games do you play monopoly or anything like that yep um we definitely played a lot of those during lockdown um scrabble was a big one in my house yeah um but yeah monopoly like you said or chess or something like that how does monopoly go down in the house though does it cause any issues because it certainly does in mine there's a lot of fights Oh, it's very competitive. I mean, you got to watch the banker, whoever it is. <laughs> that is 100%. They're always dodgy. And they're always like, oh, I'll do it. Like casually too. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's all right. And you think, oh, that's nice because it's a big commitment. And I personally don't want to. I just want to enjoy the game. But then later on, you notice, yeah, yeah it's, it's, they're dodgy. Yeah. If they win, something funky's gone down. <laughs> 100%. And you mentioned their chess. How do you go at chess? 
Um, I can't say I'm the greatest at it, but I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> I like the attitude, I like the can-do attitude. And finally, mate, what about quotes? Do you have any favorite quotes a coach might have given you? Maybe some of your teammates might have given you. Is there anything that sort of resonates with you? Um, I guess there's lots of like different ones I get at different times. Um, I kind of like the Dory one, just keep swimming. Yeah, from Finding Nemo. That's a great quote. I know that one. My daughter is nearly two and I have to watch that almost, I want to say daily, but at least every second day that is on somehow. So, yes, I'm very aware of the just keep swimming. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Just whenever you want to stop, you just think about that. (laughs) Mate, when we redo this interview in, say, two or three years' time, um, let me stretch it out to five years for you because you're still so young. What accomplishments would you like to meet be adding at the intro already a great intro 24 uh, age group records um you know junior world champion uh being to the world champs yourself like obviously already great but what what would you like me to add up there um i'd definitely like to be an olympian by that time i think going to the games is such a a big goal for every athlete and it's definitely something i'd like to accomplish in terms of the olympics obviously we mentioned before that um, Dan and, and Matt were, were really good to you at the world champs and, and looked after you. Do you have any of those guys that you can keep talking to? And, and I only ask that, I guess, because so often on the podcast, I hear that world champs are big, but you don't really know big until you've been to the Olympics. It's like a whole other beast. So do you, do you have people that you can, you know, um, chat to about those experiences and, and maybe gain a little bit of knowledge around that? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely lots of people. Like, I could message any one of those guys and they would happily talk to me about it. Um, Yeah, and lots of coaches around have been and know what it's like. So just learning from them, I guess, is um, a good opportunity for learning. Absolutely. Now, mate, I think we'll wrap it up there. Firstly, I want to thank you very much for coming on. And I know you guys are back into training now and um, busy with school and stuff like that. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on and and chat with us. Um, I hope a lot of the listeners, both from New Zealand and Australia, get behind you after this, hearing this chat. I think you're an absolute superstar in the making. I'm just going to declare that right now. Sorry if that puts pressure on you. I know you mentioned before you don't like the pressure, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because I think you're a champion. I think you can handle it. Um, Hopefully we, we can stay in touch, mate, and maybe get you on for another chat sometime next year. But uh, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swim Podcast. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by Pro Swim Workouts. Another massive show coming your way tomorrow as I sit down with Team GB in England, star of the pool, Commonwealth Games gold medalist, Amy Wilmot. Another cracking chat with a fantastic international athlete that you will not want to miss. And don't forget for all you Kiwi fans that love today's chat with Erica, every Tuesday we'll be bringing you an interview with one of your stars of the pool and next week is none other than Mr. Matt Stanley. Until then though, guys, stay safe, stay healthy and stay hungry. And it's bye for now. I just want to be-